What's up, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to Lattes with Lindsay. Each month, we will be diving into topic-specific series featuring knowledgeable guests with all kinds of education and experience in wellness, relationships, occupations, and how to give back to the surrounding community. I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I loved making this podcast. As your host, I am a huge fan of science, sports, and how to improve both individually and professionally. For the past five years, I've been a registered massage therapist, a personal trainer, and soon to be a registered sports nutritionist. With this being said, I love blending all these professions together because I've been able to balance both my work at a clinic and traveling the world with all levels of athletes. I've had the privilege of working with the NHL, the CWHL, World Juniors, and Team Canada, and each one of these teams have been able to give me such knowledge and experience to bring each of these series to life. The very first series we're going to dive into is the healthcare professionals. I think sometimes with the general population, they're not really sure where to go or what avenue to take in regards to their injury or condition. So why not get a better understanding of each of these different professions and see if it will help guide you to where you need to be to be the best version of yourself and overall improve your daily life activities. So without further ado, our first guest is Jillian Samuel. She is a massage therapist. Jill, why don't you take over and let us know who you are? <laughs> Hi, bestie. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I got my latte ready and I'm ready. I'm ready awesome. for this. So let's, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I played soccer all my life. I went to um, University of the States on a full scholarship to Penn State University. And I at school, I took uh, kinesiology with a minor in business liberal arts. And at the time, um, while I was taking, and the reason why I was taking that was because I was always injured. So I was like, you know, what? I think I'm going to be an athletic therapist when I grow up. So why don't I go ahead and, you know, kind of like delve into, into that world. But previous to that, I was with uh, the Ontario Provincial Soccer Team and National Team and all those kind of business. So I did all that stuff that kind of led me up to where um, I went to school. And then um, I did my schooling there and did all of that. Am I an athletic therapist? <laughs> no. So that didn't pan out. <laughs> but um, I do love what I'm doing now. What else? Certifications? Honestly, it's hard to keep track sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like when I first got out of school, of massage school, I think I like I have like a level one Pilates type of thing. Um, and then I did some uh, FMT, but it was a workshop, so I'm not really certified in that. I don't have too many certifications. I kind of dibby dabble in everything and then kind of add. And when I'm ready to be like, okay, maybe I should actually get certified in something, then I'll go about my business and getting it. Um, I'm the type of person that's like, Ooh, I'm not ready yet. I don't know if I'm ready. Do I have the skills? But then eventually I'll kind of like go around and get everything that I, I signed up for and do that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And what's, what's like a, what's like a major fun fact about you that people would, would not know? I crochet. Hey. I make blankets. I make scarves. I make hats. Wow. So, that's wicked. That's one of the things that I've been working on while we're in this time. I've made like, I have, I've made two blankets already. I have two that are, are in the process of being completed. And then I have another one that I'm working on. So I kind of have 
all that kind of going. Holy smokes. I feel like COVID has really like opened the door for so many people to, you know, build those different skill sets and, you know, find things that they may not even think would be something they'd be into. It's dope. Well, it's not even that I found that. I've been doing that since I was 11. But then, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I And I did it all through, all through high school and then all through college and university. And then I kind of like dropped it. And I was like, and I had a whole bunch of thread everywhere and a little projects here and there. And then, you know, when the time is ready, the time is ready. So here I am. And then I brought myself a little crochet kit. So I have all my needles and I go about my business. Now it's just like putting the ideas and getting the patterns together and making the blankets and then just who wants a blanket? Here you are. Hey man, sign me up. I'm ready. So now we, we fast forward everything and you know, you've done all your education. So how long have you been a massage therapist for? I think it's been five years. I feel like it's just been like two years. <laughs> like I just got into it. But I have all this knowledge, but it's only been like two years. I'm actually like, I feel like it's only been two years that I'm practicing, but it's been five years since I graduated and started working per se. Yeah, I think, I feel like we technically, I guess we started at the same time because I've been a massage therapist for five years too. And, um, you know, Jill and I met through the advanced sports massage course, which we'll get to later. And uh, it's pretty cool where you can meet all these different practitioners and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, going into massage. So why did you, why did you choose this profession? Like what, what made you kind of steer away from AT and, and kind of go right into massage? Um, I don't think I picked massage. I think massage picked me. Um, so here's the, so the story actually goes back when I was actually in university and um, like, obviously we'd be in the hotels and we, you know, the teammates would gather and things like that. And one person said, you know, my shoulders are really, really tight. So I was like, okay, you know what? Let me just put my hands on you and, you know, go about my business. And she was like, you're, you're good. And I was like, whatever. So now let's fast forward to 2009, 2000, until I graduated. Oh, 2009. But like, I was saying to myself, I'm not going to be um, have a regular job. I don't want to be uh, put on my, my big girl panties and be like, okay, I got to actually be an adult. So then life was like, uh, excuse me, what are you talking about? You are going to get your big girl panties on. And <laughs> so the story was I was driving on the highway and I was in the second fast lane. And then all my all of a sudden, my car, which I call my pimp mobile, which is really pimp, uh, my car started to slow down, like literally started to stop on the highway. So I'm like, okay, all right. So cars are zooming by me and I'm like, I pull over to the side and I look, there's gas. So I'm like, okay, it can't be gas. There's something else. Long story short, um, the gas signal was wrong. There's actually no gas in the vehicle. And so they had to go and fix the signal in the van, which is like deep into the car. And that costs a lot of money. Luckily I had the money, but then right in there, I was like, okay, Jillian, you got to get big girl panties on. <laughs> so within That's about good. a month after that happened, 
because my two other friends were massage therapists and they're like, yeah, you shouldn't maybe think about that. I was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, thank you, Bob. I'm not going to do that. And then um, that happened. And then within July, I mean, January of, I think, 2009, I went for a school visit, signed up. And then within September, I was in school. Damn. And just like that, massage sucks you in, man. It's a good one. (laughs) And then you're like, okay, yeah. Here I am, you know, school was kind of hard, and and I was like, okay, I could do this. And then the exam was hard, and I was sweating balls, and I was like, did I just pass? Yeah, you passed. I'm like, okay, I could do this. And yep, here I am. And here you are. So when you were playing yeah. soccer, did you get a lot of massages? I am dating myself a lot, so <laughs> um, uh, my time did not have that. Like that wasn't a re- uh, part of the medical team per se. It was just mainly the doctors and the athletic therapists. Um, obviously, the ATs would do a little bit on here and there. But massage, did I ever get a massage when I was younger? Never. That even never even crossed my mind, right? So that world never occurred to me. And I don't think people saw massage as an integral part as it is now. So it was just a different time as to when I went to university and that I bet you now they're just like yo sign me up you know (laughs) everybody's got to sign up for something or you got to get a weekly massage or something you know so yeah yeah definitely it's so night and day now like I find you know the more that we treat athletes um you know I definitely wish I took way more advantage of it when I was in school because you know we had like every Wednesday we had like athletic day or whatever it was called and you could get treatments for half an hour if you were like a varsity athlete And I'm like, damn, you know, like I missed out huge with that because, you know, like a, you can get like a really good flush and just flush everything Mm -hmm. out. Or you can just get like a, like a Zen massage. Right. Cause there's, you know, something that I'd love for you to kind of explain to everyone, just so everyone doesn't think that it's such a luxurious thing. I mean, anyone can get a massage. Um, You know, it's not something that, you know, only rich people get every single person can get a massage and it's not um, something that is unaffordable. That's for sure. So what are different types of massages that you do or that you know of that can benefit kind of the general public? All right. So obviously we have our Swedish massage, which is everybody within Ontario and the Western world is taught. Um, But there is Thai massage. There is, um, oh God, what am I, I'm having a brain fart right now. There's just a various of massage, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like techniques. Entities. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, entities that obviously use different tools, but the aim is the same thing. Yeah. Right? And the person that is... Um, wants to learn that specific entity has the ability to do that and you can go different places to find different uh theologies behind why they're doing what they're doing so it's not that anyone is better it's just that because you're experienced in that particular area that's what you do so in what i well i'm athletic so i kind of like gear to that and that's where it goes. <laughs> i don't think i can see myself in a spa setting Um, Not to say there's nothing wrong with a spa setting. Both have their benefits. Um, But I'm just a person be like, yo, you need to get this done. If you want to feel better, let's get it done. How do we go about doing this? And how can I facilitate that for you to get better as fast as you can? Um, 
And it's all about how can we get there together to achieve what you want, whether we have to take, whether we have to take exactly. a couple detours. Yeah. And that's the thing there. that's so great about massage is that there's so many different avenues. You could go for a relaxation massage at a spa, or you could go to a clinic, like a rehab clinic and get the exact same treatment. Or, you know, if you've had like this, you know, low back pain forever, or like a sciatic nerve pain, you can come in for massage and get what's called like a deep tissue or like a Swedish massage, um, you know, and then you can also, what I love about all massage therapists is that they really blend so many different courses that they've taken throughout because a lot of massage therapists don't just finish with their massage therapy diploma. They go and expand their knowledge, which is probably my favorite thing about massage because, um, you know, Jill, for example, you were saying like, you focus on working with athletes mostly, but you still are willing to work with the general public, of course, right? I deal with more of like the active uh, public, right? And then obviously the athletes and so on and so forth and wanting to be able to work with teams and individuals, you know, events and things like that. So uh, I'm not to say that I won't take those people that just need the relaxation and things like that. However, the energy that I put out there is not of that right? Um, and then the people that come to me are not of that energy too. Like the odd one or two, you know what, I, I haven't had a massage and so on and so forth. Okay, let me let me see what you got to do. But I will make mental note of what the body's telling me and be like, okay, you know what, even though you're coming for this particular relaxation, there are some areas that you may want to think about that we can address at another time. Yeah. Whether that's whether that's a year down the road or, you know, they come in for the next couple, next couple of visits because they didn't really think that that could be affecting why they may feel that way. That's really up to them. I don't like force people. If you need a massage and you want to get, you will come. Yeah, exactly. And I think I get the question so many times, like how many treatments do I need before, you know, my pain goes away. And unfortunately, like sometimes it can go away with one treatment. Sometimes it takes like three weeks of treatments to get it, you know, released or reduced. And um, I think that's sometimes the hardest thing with healthcare professionals because we don't have like a cookie cut explanation for each person because every single person is different. So having all these different avenues of education and experience definitely brings more to the table for that client to improve or reduce the amount of treatments they need to feel better. So that's, that is definitely a, a huge benefit. I don't, if you're a new patient, I don't do 30 minutes, right? Because 15 minutes of that is getting the question, doing the paperwork, doing the assessment, whatever you need to do and ask all the right questions because if you don't ask the right questions, you won't get the answer that you need to help them. And then, so they're expecting a 30 minute massage, but after your 15 minutes or 10 to 15 minutes, exactly 15 minutes then, and they're only getting 15 minutes of massage. So therein lies that they're like, what the heck is this? What, what, what's going on? Why are you asking me these questions? Why are you making me do this assessment? Why are you doing this? I just want to get on the table and you to massage me and be like, um, um, I don't know what's wrong with you. So <laughs> how do you want me to take care of you? Right? Um, so new peas are always an hour. Um, yeah, if they've definitely. seen somebody else, I will like a physio or a Cairo, I will always talk to them and look at their notes and determine whether or not we need an hour or 45 minutes or 30 minutes. 
and then we'll go from there. Um, but at the end of the day, like I have my, like how I want to do it, but on the day of that could just change within like two minutes and be like, okay, we're totally going someplace else with this, depending on what they're saying and what their body is saying. So, yeah, because the inter-referrals are, are crucial when you work in a, a rehab center or, um, you know, a clinic of any sort, because at the end of the day, the physio may see something during their assessment and mention it to you, but then you go and assess and you see something completely different or something new. So, you know, that assessment is so crucial. So an hour is, is I agree, 100%. I think an hour should always be for the first one. And then moving forward, you can kind of go from there. So. A hundred percent. Something that like I get a question of all the time is, you know, can a, a pregnant woman get treatment? You know, that, that's that's like saying, can a person with low back pain get a treatment? Of course. You know what I mean? I think everyone has like different um, opinions on, you know, say like the first trimester versus like the second and third. Um, right. But of right. course, I mean, there are tables designated for pregnant women. So um, I always advise people to get treatments, of course, when they're, you know, going through pregnancy, because it's, I, I haven't had a kid, but I can only imagine how unpleasant the body feels when it's trying to have a baby grow, you know? For sure. And then, and then you always got to like, at the end of the day, you are extension of that person. So if that person is saying, you know what, I'm not feeling comfortable in this position, or you know what, I think I need to like cut this really quick, then there's no problem with that. Just go about your business, help that person and explain um, to them what is happening. Like, I know I've been treating some um, women that are like in their third trimesters and you're like, well, okay, you've got to be careful in where your feet and the pressures in your feet because boom, you could be having a baby like right there. Or if she's overdue and you want to induce, like obviously you're not going to induce, right? But there are spots on the body that can move on the process a little bit faster, but that is more education that you need for that. You can't just go about doing that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So Absolutely. it's just about yeah. Safety first, allowing <laughs> the mother to have that space to relax and be pain-free and be away from everybody and just be in her moments and enjoy that. I have a lot of mothers that are just, just pass out and like, you're just like, okay, that's what you did. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because nine times out of ten, they're just exhausted or their feet are swollen or their back's killing them or whichever it is. So, yeah, I definitely agree. I think, you know, and that goes back to also like massage experience when you have, you know, different therapists treating different um, trimesters, it all has different pros and cons to it. So, you know, like, have you ever had uh, a situation where, you know, you go into a, um, like a clinic and you have a, an appointment booked, but like the name is very like, uh, universal. So like, for example, like my name, Lindsay, it was actually like a guy's name first. And then it like girls gradually, you know, um, brought it on. So have you ever had like, um, say a, a therapist name who sounded universal that when you saw that they were male, it kind of made you nervous? Nah. I've never, sorry, I haven't had that experience. I haven't had that experience because um, I just haven't been in that situation. And to be honest, I haven't had the, like the trust yet to go have somebody else touch my body. 
right? <laughs> so not to say that anything's bad, but I'm just like, okay, we really need to make sure that you are know what you're doing to um, for you to put your hands on, whether it's male or female. I really don't care. Yeah. So that's the that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Like male and female, it does not matter. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a pair of hands, right? It does matter in the intent, one intention, right? What is their intent? And two, if they know what they're doing, if they don't know what they're doing, you will know right away. If you know what they're doing, then it doesn't matter if they're male or female, right? So it's all about the intention of that person. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Just knowing from experience and stuff like that and knowledge that <clears throat> whether it is a male or a female, you know, they both do have the same skill sets. They both went to the same schools. So, you know, hopefully they do have <laughs> good intentions. But sometimes, you know, you just know somebody could be in school for like, what, eight to 10 years and then you get your hands and be like, Yep. All right. You're just like, something you feel right. And then you're like, okay, whatever. Let's talk about the Sports Massage Therapy Association of Ontario, um, because Jill and I are both part of the board. So Jill is actually the president and I am the public relations. And um, yeah, why don't you give us a little bit of information about really what it's about and how to get involved and stuff like that. We get involved. It was, oh, it was through the Advanced Sports Massage course. And then we went to some type of workshop and then they needed people. So we're like, okay, whatever. So we ended up being on the board. Um, So basically how I like to put it is that sports massage therapists are, how's the word to say it? Geared to or part of the medical team for athletics. Anything sport wise. Teams individual athletes um, at any level from like grassroots to national to Olympic. So we are now becoming an integral part of that medical team to provide massage. Now, obviously we're not providing, depending on where that person is in their training program, um, if they're competing or working in the way up to competition, obviously we're not giving a relaxation massage in competition. Um, So in a nutshell, we are providing quick um, treatments that uh, prepare, maintain, and cool down the athlete in terms of the competition. So those are like over, uh, like in the Olympics, like one day events or whatever. Um, In terms of us in longevity, like leading up to a competition, we will now do treatments. Okay. So the athlete will come in and be like, okay, I've been having this nagging hamstring problem. Let's obviously assess it, reevaluate, find where there may be some deficiencies or some dysfunction, Um, report that to the coach and to other medical staff so that everybody is aware of what's happening with that athlete. So we're not working in isolation. And basically we get that athlete with everybody else ready for competition. And uh, so we are like, we are, we are definitely part of the team. Like if you're working with an athlete and, or if you're working with a team, these are the things that as a sport massage therapist, you have to be aware of. So the advanced sports massage course makes you understand that so that you can, when it's, you go to an event, you know what you need to do. 
So if you don't take this advanced sport massage course and you're calling yourself an SMT, you are definitely not because you don't have the knowledge. You need to have the knowledge. And at the end of the day, the athlete will know if you have the knowledge or not. And they will say, and they will say, either either bring that therapist back. I want to see that therapist again, or we are not having that therapist, period, because they don't know what they're doing. Um, so yeah, that's basically in a nutshell for like the the um individual but as a board we make sure our number one thing is to make sure that um, our members get practice right and have the ability to go to the events so they can practice those skills and network and um, work with people that have more experience than them there's every event is always a learning um, a learning event and every event you get to at the end of the day, you get to see somebody in their sport, in their environment, be like, oh, okay, I never noticed this when they were moving, or I've never been to this sport before, and I'm like, wow, this is so, like, interesting, right? Um, so you get to see a whole bunch of things. Yeah, it. and that's that's what I, that's probably my favorite thing about the association, is the fact that there are so many different sports that you can get into, like, either if you like individual or you like team, or if you want to be on a contract, there's so many different avenues with sport. Um, to really gain that experience and that knowledge within the profession, which is super wicked. So I agree. There's there's three different levels to being a member of the CSMT. You know, you can start as a student and then you can be like myself and Joe, which are sports massage therapist candidate certified. And then once you complete a certain amount of hours of hands-on experience in sport, then you become fully certified in sports massage therapy. So it's pretty cool to kind of go through the levels because that middle block is really where you you gain the most, you know, rapport with other healthcare professionals at different events, or, you know, you can really help mentor some different kids who are motivated to get into sport therapy. So it's super wicked. The Like Jill said, that was so fun. Like that was a fun, interesting, wild course. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the instructors are amazing and they have years and years of experience. And, and that honestly is the one thing that triggered me to get into the actual association because the people who really started the association have so much experience with you know uh, intermediate games and and they all started somewhere but now you know they all do the olympics or they travel the world with all these different teams and yeah they're just truly mentors in in all realms so you know what what are some of the you know experiences you've had the association, like what, what type of games have you been to or trials or anything like that? Wrestling Canada. And that was pretty cool. So I treated a athlete in clinic and then, uh, she was like, guys, I really think you're going to be beneficial for me to, um, be on the Canada national team. Can you come in this event? I was like, yo, yeah, I've never saw seen this before. It was very interesting to see how they train like behind the scenes and then when they go in front of the cameras and all the security and all everything that needs to go on for that event to be shown on TV, there's so many more things behind it um, that people don't see. Um, another event I did was a psych 
cycling, indoor cycling event at the velodrome in Newton. And I'm like, whoa, this place is pretty cool. And they were going really, really fast. I was just like, <gasps> Jillian, you're such a baby in your sports. You don't know sports. <laughs> Uh, so those, the wrestling, that one was good. Um, track is always a good one too. Um, we had, um, God, the world masters. So the older generation of track stars that have completed their time, but still want to be in track. That one is really, was a really cool one because they were just so appreciative of us being there because they usually don't get a medical team or massage that would come out to masters. Everybody else wants to do like Olympic or trials and things like that. Yeah, that's, that's wicked. I mean, and that's the thing, like you mentioned so many different sports there. Like it's not only just the cliche, like hockey, basketball, soccer. Um, and there's nothing wrong with any of those sports, but I find a lot of people gear towards those ones. So it's nice to, you know, think outside the box with wrestling and all that stuff. And even myself, like I, I got an email um, from the association one day about how they needed help with um gymnastics and artistic gymnastics and i thought to myself okay i need the hours i know there's going to be lots of hands-on because of their like hyper mobility and all that kind of stuff so i went and i wasn't as excited because like it's not really one of my favorite sports but whatever i went and it was the best thing i could have ever done for myself because i met this wonderful woman named uh, karen weiner and she was wearing like this fluorescent orange shirt and it said like Maccabia Canada on it. And I was like, what the heck is that? I was just like, what is like, is that like a, is that like a team or something? Like I had no idea. And she's like, oh my gosh, you haven't heard. And I was just like, nope. And fast forward that summer, um, she got me kind of into a position where I was a massage therapist for Team Canada, who was a part of the Maccabia Games. And I was able to travel to Israel. And for a whole month, and I got to work with, you know, so many different professional athletes and, and to think that that started from a really uneventful artistic gymnastics event, um, you know, took me so far and I'm, I'm grateful for it. So, I mean, there's so many things that you may not want to do in that moment, but little do you know who you're going to meet at that, that meet or that, that swim trial or the Pan Am games or whichever it is, and it'll, it'll take you somewhere, believe me. What do you think will be kind of your next certification or, or goal in education that you want to do after, like, now that you're done massage and stuff like that? Um, I'm, I'm gearing towards a lot of, like, books that I'm reading, I'm gearing towards chakras Ooh. and energy and how, like, like, a couple before we even this whole thing I wanted to take like a Reiki class that really understand how all of that works because sometimes it's not the physical body that needs healing right there's energies that are in our body that are affecting us physically that we don't understand and therefore we need to fix those chakras if you were say or or energy fields or how everybody wants to, to um to uh, call it that those are the things that need to be healed instead of the physical body and I find a lot of I find a lot of times um, that when I'm doing my treatments there's always something in me that's saying something's not right 
So I just go with it and be like, okay, let's try something else, right? And then 99 or 200% of the time you're right. And then you go about your business and you try to intently try to help Absolutely. them to free up whatever that may be stuck, stuck per se, or um, that may need some attention because they yep. may not even... You like, I know a lot of times when I'm doing my treatments that I, people may say, yeah, I have a problem in my neck and I go straight to their feet and they're like, well, why, why are you, why are you going there? Well, it's all connected, but, but is that my foot? Well, if you think about you are a human, so what's touching the first thing is the ground is your feet. So why wouldn't I go there? So I just give them a little, you know, little tidbits and be like, Oh my God. So, um, something along those lines. I definitely want to finish up getting my level one in um, neuroco neurokinetic theory, which is layman's for NKT. I just, you know, yep. I just been putting that off because I'm a little, little bit scared about the whole test. Of course. Testing is always scary. <laughs> oh, big time. That's like one of my big, ah! um, so that's certification. And then obviously down the road with this as well um, to be certified. What else? And then any other things that kind of come up that I feel like, ooh, this could be beneficial that I can put in my toolbox. You know, I've had someone start crying, like bawling on the table because I've, I've hit a certain point that triggered an emotional response. The first thing they say is they always apologize. And they're like, sorry, like I'm, I'm not usually this emotional or whatever. And it's, it's hard because it's like you are so sympathetic for them and you understand, you know, they are going through something. So that, that chakra therapy and, you know, kind of the Reiki aspect is, it's great. That's a great idea. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a lot of like, because we are such hands-on, we do feel people's energy, regardless if you believe it or not, you are as a massage therapist, you are receptive to that person's energy right when you meet them at the door and as you are treating if that's one of your goals you got to understand that there is an energetic give and take between you and the person and how does that affect the next person that comes in how does that affect you so if you're understanding how these energy fields work and where things may be um clogged right? And then giving them education about those things. But you can't delve into it because then that's out of your scope. But you know what I mean? So you got to kind of like dibble a dabbly and be like, oh, okay, <laughs> to check this out or check this out. But you know, um, so yeah, there's all of that stuff that I think a lot of people don't understand when it comes to massage. We have, we have to have so many other different hats on because we are spending so much time with them. And um, and then people don't oh, understand, yeah. Yeah. well, people that are not like healthcare professionals or things like that, or some healthcare professionals don't even know that either, but we have to be able to, to, um, what's the word, detach ourselves sometimes, but we can't because we're humans. So there's always going to be that. I know. Oh yep. my goodness. I think about you. How are you doing? Are you making sure that you're doing everything right? And then you have the people that they're not doing their stuff and be like, yo, I can't treat you. You have to kind of like figure out your limits. Like you gotta, you gotta give a little bit, but also like pull it back when it comes to, you know, um, comforting them, you know, like, it's yeah, know your boundaries, know your boundaries. Yeah. And just being very firm in what you say, but also giving 
that person their space to be whatever they need to be in that space. That's wicked. That's a that's a great way to put it. And and that's and that's something that I hope everyone takes in consideration that, you know, massage has so many different hats, you know, regard regardless of this someone just has their certification and just registered massage therapy, which is not wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you know, hopefully every therapist does expand their knowledge because it only betters themselves as well as their their practice. So um you know, going out with that note, is there anything that you would kind of love to share with anyone or any tips or tricks about, you know, um, what they should mention or um, let their therapist know before going into a treatment? Our, our profession is very weird because you give them information and then you tell them to get on the table and take your clothes off. So that first initial um, meeting has to be very pure has to be has intention and you have to have you have to ask the right questions you have to have asked the right questions for you to be able to get the information that you need because you will have people that will tell you absolutely nothing and then as you're on the table things start to come up and you're like well why didn't you tell me that before well, I didn't tell you that before because you didn't ask the right questions and you didn't ask the right questions because let's say they didn't fill out their health history form the way that they should have filled out. Right. So sometimes you get a complete blank health history form and you're looking mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, 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 okay. And then you're just as, as you're going through your, um, your treatment, all of a sudden, yeah, I've had a surgery for this, but excuse me, you know, you see scars, you see this, you see that, and you're like, but you didn't put it, well, I didn't think I, that was going to be important. Well, hello, yeah, it's going to be important. It's the, it's the hardest. That's the biggest thing. I, and I, yes, thank you for mentioning that because health history is everything. Like, you know, like you said, that one hour assessment, whether it's a 10, 15 minutes, or whatever, how long you have to assess them, just make sure that you put everything in anything, whether it's like 10 years ago, you know, two weeks ago, whatever it is, because if you didn't take care of it 10 years ago, that means that your body's been suffering for those 10 years of trying to compensate to fix it. So well said, I I couldn't agree more. Well, guys, my job is officially done for the first episode of Lattes with Lindsay. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast and feel so much more educated on the profession of massage therapy. I have so much more in store for you guys. You have no idea. Until next time, cheers. Stay strong, everybody. Stay strong. Stay strong.